Okay, it's been a while and we are back. Um, I mean, the best way to come back is probably with Star Wars content. Um, we got a bit, uh, everyone, we have busy lives and the Marvel's What If wasn't really taking us by its grasps in the sense that we were highly anticipating each episode as it dropped into our Wednesday schedule. Um, so we thought we would come back with Star Wars Visions and trying to break down the nine episodes that is Star Wars Visions uh, in probably two to three episodes it would take us to go through this. We're going to, in this episode, we're going to go through the first four episodes of Star Wars Visions and we'll see kind of how it all goes from there. But it's it was quite an ambitious project. It's quite a project that kind of sat under the surface and then once the trailer eventually hit i think a lot of hype came and then i mean i still really didn't know quite what to expect so when it came to the first episode which is the jewel it was initially quite surprising because it was almost like an animation style i don't think i've really seen either much of before or seen at all so to speak yeah, I mean, they seem, each episode seemed to vary in the kind of animation style of the type of uh, anime that it was going for. Because, I mean, anime is, and, and manga generally, I mean, I don't know how much you've seen of it, Ben. Uh, I, I think, I mean, you've seen some, right? I've seen some. Well, my main knowledge of anime has come definitely during all these lockdowns. I would say in the past six months uh-huh. as, my, as where my <laughs> anime kind of i've started watching um a few gods there was some on netflix there was three godzilla movies uh anime movies which was like a trilogy then there was a godzilla series that i watched i watched the latest pacific rim anime series and i'm getting into a bunch of others now so i'm dabbling in it more than i've ever dabbled before nice yeah i mean i've been kind of watching for a while since i mean since i was a kid really um you know starting with like dragon ball z and Moving up into all sorts of uh, wild sort of series. I mean, this, but I mean, the kind of point I'm making really is that there's so much anime and manga out there that, you know, it's kind of not really too surprising actually that there's so many different styles that they've incorporated into, into Star Wars visions really. And I, and I think it's good that they've done that because it, that way, you know, they can touch upon different, well, the different animation styles. Um, also, that kind of variation of how serious they want to make it you know that way you know you can have like like something like the jewel scene it was it was much more of a kind of i suppose quite true to that star wars style as well like it, it was almost had a western kind of vibe to it um as well as and i mean throughout the whole series i mean they really draw that comparison of jedi and samurai um which i think is like one of those kind of influences that you know lucas had really drawn upon when he first created uh star wars and the jedi so yeah i mean i i feel like the first one was you know that kind of more serious uh story that they wanted to tell whereas you know then you know going on to the second one uh the second episode of you know tattooing rhapsody that was much more i suppose um useful in its approach you know like kind of aimed at like you know perhaps younger kids in terms of having a more light-hearted animation style as well as story so it was, yeah, it was nice to see that Visions has kind of incorporated, like, you know, and as the episodes went on, it's, it's, it's changed and some are kind of similar to the first one, some are similar to the second one, but then others go into their own kind of art direction. So it was quite nice to see that they, like, clearly worked with a lot of different kind of animators and stu- or studios, uh, you know, to, to, like, really bring it all together, really. Um, yeah very very much so and i feel coming in with the jewel to start off with i mean somebody obviously must have you know figuring out how to kind of put these shows out there in which order so to speak to put these out there and i I believe they put them all out there at the same time which is rare for disney they usually like the episodic the week by week but i feel this was a, a different style of project that didn't require a story arc so i guess there was no need for the kind of week by week dropping of content but I feel going into the jaw, not knowing at all what to expect, 
I feel this is a very strong start for the Vision series for me personally. Like you said, very westernized. It very much makes me feel now, uh, think back of the recent Mandalorian season two episode with Ahsoka and that village and the kind of standoff and the fight uh, within the tranquil garden between uh, Ahsoka and uh, that random person that I can't remember the name of. Um, but what I really liked especially was it's kind of the imagination within these shows and kind of episodic on expanding how the Star Wars universe is and how it's something that's been covered so many times. But what I did love, and I'll touch on this multiple times, is and we I think we've spoken about it multiple times before when we've gone back and looked at the Star Wars films and stuff. They really lent in to Jedi's and Sith that was a real every single studio and you must have them there wouldn't have been any conversation between these studios it'd be like what story do you want to tell and majority of all these stories go around a Jedi some sort of Sith um or Empire clash and it's either inexperienced Jedi master Jedi but always seems to be solo wanderers kind of on their own old school and it just it's kind of it like makes you feel in a sense of like that is kind of what Star Wars is. I know the films go into like Skywalker saga and you do focus on one particular Jedi, but I feel sometimes they don't lean in to the whole Jedi story. You see, once again, you see building of lightsabers. I and mean, how many times do we have to ask for a building a lightsaber scene to be filmed and then not be cut out of a film? So, <laughs> Absolutely. Through. But I... I was really kind of, I didn't know what to expect in this animation style. I didn't even know if I liked it or loved it when I was watching it for the jewel. But the overall story of just being in this one particular moment, this very westernized moment, uh, I think was just really well done. Um, yeah. How was your feeling going into this episode one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it felt... Um... I was quite surprised because I wasn't sure whether the first episode would be like, um, you know, uh, uh, as we were talking, kind of more serious or, or kind of more on the comedic side. But clearly, I mean, you know, once you kind of see the animation style and the way that the storyline, I mean, from the kind of moment that, you know, you've got the bandits kind of coming out of their, their crawler and then, you know, fighting the villagers and kind of torturing them, you're like, oh, wow, this is actually quite quite serious, you know. And they're, they're doing, as I said, like, it felt quite faithful to that sort of, old samurai story of, of you know <laughs> uh you know that lone wanderer coming to a village and then helping the you know the local people against you know this tyrannical villain um and actually it kind of lent itself very well you know as i said like having the jedi as as a samurai it just lends itself so kind of perfectly that yeah it, it felt like a very natural story to tell um and actually yeah it was it was a really cool kind of like you know some great fight scenes some, i mean the animation style is is it's it's interesting because it's it's uh, it's, I mean, it's practically almost black and white in a way, uh, yeah. which kind of gives it like a, you know, an old school sort of style. But then, um, but then you have, you know, lightsabers and robots flying around and, and rockets and everything. So, you know, it, it was kind of a great um, combination, really, of the two styles. And actually, it, was, it, it had some great action and animation throughout as well. I thought the, you know, the fight scene between the, you know, uh, well, I suppose he he is a kind of Jedi Sith or a Sith Jedi, like the, the protagonist, really, and and you know the Sith kind of enemy that he comes up against. I thought that was really cool. Um, so maybe yeah, it, maybe he's a grey Jedi, the one that sits in between. Absolutely, I mean, and that was actually like quite you know, as you said, in terms of constructing the lightsabers and then having those Jedi's in between Sith and uh, and Jedi, really. That was a lot of the themes that they explored in this, which I thought was really cool. That was that was one of the things that, I mean, as I've kind of said before, it felt, it felt, especially in the modern day, that you know, lots more series are kind of exploring that grey area of like, you know, what is good as what what is bad. You know, is it are they always good? Are they always bad? Are, you know, is it kind of based on their actions? And you know, for that, it is kind of based more on the actions, and it makes things a bit more intriguing, and characters have a bit more depth, and you know, the, a bit more history and. I suppose, you know, they're not just kind of completely one-dimensional characters, even though these are kind of short episodes of like 16 to 20 minutes. I mean, but it, it, it adds that depth to the whole Jedi kind of mythos and, and 
and yeah, kind of turns on his head a bit, which we, you know, we haven't seen as much from the films, you know, a bit more in the series, I think, um, with what's kind of good and bad. I mean, particularly, you know, as we've said, like throughout Bad Batch that we've kind of covered recently, that there is that massive gray area um, within the Star Wars universe, like, and, you know, for the characters to kind of explore and grow in. And yeah, this was kind of similar. So it was a, an interesting start. It definitely caught my eye um, in terms of like what Star Wars Visions is trying to achieve and, uh, and how they're going about it, really. And uh, like when you said about the animation as well, that, that's as, and as I mentioned earlier, I just still sit in the middle. I don't know if I loved it or hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel there's elements of it which were really well done. And then other parts of it, which, you know, reminded me of this is a film that, I don't know if this is popularised everywhere, but definitely in the UK, it's a film that's known uh, quite, uh, it's a very popular short film called The Snowman. And it's this animation style is very kind of snowman-esque. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, uh, that's one thing that did click with me. That's, so, and obviously, you know, without the white snow and the magical music, it takes on a different toll. Um, <laughs> but it was a very... It's a very interesting, because when you see all the other episodes come up, it's a very strong choice, I feel, because the story is quite well done. But I feel it's a strong, it's also teetering on that, taking risks. But I feel this is what this whole entire thing was about. It's pushing Star Wars to places that it's never been before. And that's the whole point of the exploration of Star Wars Visions. And we might see more. I mean, it might be so that they almost pick the most popular episodes out of this series and give those studios the license to make a whole film around the characters that sat within these uh, particular episodes. But, I mean, unless there's anything you want to cover, do you want to jump on to episode two? I was just going to say, actually, like... um... I mean, one thing with the first episode as well, which kind of, you know, is indicative of what we've kind of seen with, again, with other Star Wars types of series is, I mean, the, the voice cast that they've kind of gotten across the whole of Star Wars Visions, uh, again, very impressive, you know. that Very top that, caliber. Yeah, I mean, it, not really surprising because it is Star Wars, but, you know, even for like a spin-off series like this, it's, it's pretty cool to see the talent that they've got. And I mean, this first episode, you've got, uh, you know, Lucy Liu is the bandit leader, which yeah. is like, Bloody hell. Uh, and you've also got Brian T as well, who's like quite a notable actor, been in a few things, you know, Jurassic World and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Fast and the Furious and stuff like that. So like already, like, you know, this is something that besides getting the, the animators and and the, you know, authentic kind of Japanese studios on board, you know, they, they've really kind of, you know, gone uh, above and beyond for the, for the voice cast as well, which is, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, definitely, you know, <laughs> more kudos points uh you know from in my book really um so yeah like really epic start i mean when you talk about voice cast going into the second episode tatooine rhapsody i mean you have joseph gordon levitt and yeah. you also have tamura morrison once again reprising yeah. his role as boba fett um which i don't know if he's the only person to i mean he's covering the ground here with his boba fett uh <laughs> I'm sure he'll appear in the Bad Batch or something at some point as well. If I can't, I don't think he has already. Maybe he has. No, he hasn't. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, this is completely this different. Is quite a jump. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite a jump. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I really struggled with this episode. Um, like it's not that I don't appreciate the animation style. I don't. I don't really. Uh, to be fair, episode one, the jewel, is the only one with the animation style. I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if I like it. All the rest, the animation style is not really a problem. But and I understand this is probably aimed at younger audience, like ten and below. But I just, I just really. I couldn't get there's one particular scene to be fair there's one particular scene which involves Tamara Morrison and his Boba Fett and he's like shooting through the rain and it looks badass and I'm like great more of that when he's like initially pursuing uh, this band across the galaxy and I'm like that's absolutely great but by the time they get to Tatooine 
it's painful. <laughs> it's really painful to watch. Um, I don't know about yourself, but and then everyone's everyone's slightly smaller, aren't they? Because Boba Fett looks like he's just come out of kindergarten um, yeah. <laughs> with the size he is. But I mean, uh, you might be completely opposite. But where did you uh, stand with uh, Tatooine Rhapsody? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, completely on the other side of the kind of you know anime animation style uh, spectrum, really to the jewel. Um, but you know, I liked it. I, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of um, some of the Studio Ghibli films uh, and their kind of animation style, like most notably Ponyo, which is again yeah. like that. That I mean, that Ghibli film is about a kind of little girl who's the princess of the sea. So it's like quite fantasy based. Um, but again, like aimed more at a younger audience. So it felt like, you know, it was a bit more fun and, you know, the characters, I mean, they, the, most of them are kids and they, you know, look like kids and, you know, it was, it all feels kind of more lighthearted. And I mean, you know, with Tattooing Rhapsody, I mean, from the beginning, the fact that you've got like, it's, I mean, this one was, well, was quite a departure from certain Star Wars, um, kind of themes. I mean, it, it was like much more based around like, you know, a galactic band really trying to to, to make it. Yeah. Um, and then having like a kind of problematic member who is, you know, kind of wanted by the hut. So it was kind of, again, like, even though there are some serious elements to it, like most of it was like felt quite lighthearted um, in a way where it's like, you know, uh, just a kind of band trying to, trying to make it in a, in a difficult world really, you know, and, and the way they do it. I, I, it, so I, I think, I, I kind of liked the episode more as it went on because I think at parts it felt a little bit, right. um, I don't know, like almost like where, where is this going? You know, you couldn't really see, uh, but then like by the end, I quite liked how it kind of all came together with the band kind of, you know, impressing Jabber enough to like sort of spare them. And then like, you know, that their music being their sort of saving grace really yeah. um, rather than like, you know, having to fight their way out. I mean, I think we're so accustomed to like, you know, Star Wars situations of like, being put into a corner and then somehow, you know, them, you know, whatever character kind of fighting their way out of it, that here it was a bit like, okay, this is like, they're not fighting. So, you know, it feels almost like, oh, you know, did they achieve something? Well, of course they did, you know, because they came away with their lives, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's an achievement. I tell you what, having it on in the background with no sound um, is better. <laughs> <laughs> just appreciate the animation style i've actually enjoyed it more um, than when it did have sound i mean i i I, re I did like the kind of animation around the the stadium sort of gig and beforehand i mean you know the kind of the pod racing stadium um that that was quite a it was kind of a fun introduction of like a you know like a familiar like quite you know iconic scene from the um the prequels that you know like to bring that in and kind of yeah that was quite fun and obviously having the huts there as well um so watch it the animation uh the scenes with boba and uh in the rain when you have the initial chase and stuff that looked delightful to watch that that was uh that looked just really really well polished uh um kind of that's in very very enjoyable animation and a, a style that i really like yeah, I mean, I, I think so. This one is um, done by Studio Colorado, and I actually like this is one which I haven't actually seen. Like, I'm kind of look. They've done some Pokemon kind of animation um, for some of the series. I mean, it's, uh, it's very Pokemon. To be yeah. fair, it's seen very Pokemon. But it seems like quite like a like a fairly newer studio. So I think this is kind of, you know. Perhaps, yeah, and I mean the the other kind of films, uh, Burn the Witch, Whisker Away, Penguin Highway. I'm kind of reading here. I I, have, I don't know actually any of them, so can't really judge too much. But it feels like you know perhaps they're like a studio which maybe specialises in that you know younger audience style uh, of anime and you know just general kind of storyline as well. So yeah, you know you know it's not kind of surprising that you've kind of got this episode I, I i thought it was it was quite an interesting episode i think in the grand scheme of thing and watching the whole series it was definitely i think probably the most light-hearted one um oh yeah so like i can appreciate what it's trying to do i mean again like it probably i, I kind of i like the 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 way it rounded off but like yeah th throughout the episode it kind of felt it was kind of a bit odd because it was 
kiddie and lighthearted, you know, at the beginning, and then it kind of gets a bit dark in the like throughout the middle, and you know, kind of maybe drags a little bit. But then by the end, it's like, oh, you know, you kind of got that kind of Bill and Ted moment of them, you know, of Tatooine kind of it's rallying around this. It's a Bill and Ted. But that's because <laughs> yeah. like their whole lives are at stake, and Jabba's yeah. just like asleep pretty much as yeah. the as the crowd are going nuts. It's very Bill and Ted esque at the end. Yeah, exactly. So I, I thought it was like kind of a, a nice way to finish it. Um, but yeah, so it was it was an interesting episode. I I, I think it, it's it's kind of jarring for a lot of people, and especially like you know for someone like yourself who's like perhaps like not madly familiar with anime. You know, to go from the jewel into this into Tatooine Rhapsody, it's a bit like oh my god, like it's a massive change, you know, so you're, yeah. you're kind of undecided on what to say, like for the whole series, really, you know? Yeah. It's pretty, it's like going from return of the Jedi into the holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, like this is all Star Wars, like, but, yeah. but, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, you know, there were some fun things to take away from it, but it was, yeah, I mean, definitely on the kind of less serious side. Um, but, you know, I, I think there was some stuff to enjoy. And again, you know, as you said, like, I enjoyed Gordon Levitt in it and, you know, Tamara Morrison. I mean, yeah. yeah it's it's pretty... still big names. It's still big names across the board. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But, you know, it's it's good to appreciate all these different styles. I mean, so that takes us into where episode three, The Twins, yeah. um, is the next one that comes across. And once again, I mean, we're flipping to a, another quite serious story um so it's it's another leap like back in the opposite direction with another very distinctive difference in style of animation once again this is um animation studio called trigger who did this particular one and this one's called the twins um i very much at the beginning of this and i believe this is the one where it's you have the two star destroyers that are connected almost like uh -huh. by a super engine is <laughs> the best yeah. way i don't know super warp engine in the in the in the middle or light speed sorry i said warp which is star trek but this yeah this is a very distinctive animation style which is extremely different this kind of reminds me it's almost like posters come to life this yeah. particular type of animation style on how um different it is this was i would say i mean it, it's honestly like a roller coaster ride going through these episodes because some of you're like really into then some you're not into and some you're kind of curious about this one was the most the first one which was like the most intriguing for me i just think the initial layout and how you join these two star destroyers and you see one of the two twins like walking through the destroyer um to the center and all the it, it's the first one where i was like it felt very star wars yeah it just the whole layout is everything you've known before it's very you've already got like a kylo ren darth vader type character you've got everything which is sitting in that very much star wars world so that's i feel i feel it's that comfort that kind of comes over you but i mean where were you where were you at with the twins when you initially started watching this episode so yeah i mean yeah you're, you're right it, it, this is the one which i felt had like the most kind of star wars elements that you could attach yourself to like you know in terms of having the brother and sister who are like both you know jedis in like but kind of on different sides of it i think well they were both kind of sith but then one goes like less sith and they were they yeah. were both born into being sith weren't yeah. they or created to be super siths maybe yeah so. and then and then uh yeah the the brother who is called um we uh junior um and then there's ryoko uh which is the sister um yeah, and obviously, as you said, with like the Star Destroyers and and you know the robots and the characters and the you know the stormtroopers, it was all very like okay, this is this is kind of Star Wars. But then for me, this one was kind of weird because it starts off like very faithful, but then as it goes on, it kind of it felt almost like a kind of very surreal trip in a way because I mean, once they started fighting, um, I, I think for me, I was kind of confused with this one because. Like it was 
it was quite a fun watch, but there were points where I was like, you know, it starts off very kind of um, faithfully to the whole kind of Star Wars like universe um, in terms of Jedi's and Siths and Star Destroyers and everything. But then it kind of goes into a really hyper surreal battle afterwards, you know, between the two uh, twins and the way that they, the animation style that they used and like fighting outside the Star Destroyers without masks on and everything. I was like, wait a minute, like, what, what's, what's going on here? Like, you know, are, are we keeping faithful to the Star Wars sort of like, you know, like the the the, the base um, elements really? Or are we going into like a hyper... I mean, you know, it kind of takes, as you said, I mean, each episode kind of takes you on a roller coaster. I felt that this one was a particularly kind of like surreal roller coaster. Um, so I kind of liked it, but then at points I was kind of questioning it being like, wait a minute, like, What's going on? You know, I, I don't really know what's happening. I don't know whether they're kind of doing a faithful kind of, you know, retelling or, you know, with certain elements or are they just going kind of like completely off the rails? And it kind of was a combination of both. So it was insane to watch, but I was also a bit like unnerved, I think, by it in a way, because it was like, I don't know, really know where this is going and, you know, I don't know, really know what's happening. Um, but it was, you know, it was an entertaining watch. I mean, the animation style again was, yeah, yeah. I think you were right in saying like, oh, it was almost like a poster style because almost like so many frames you could like see as a poster on your wall, really. Yes. <laughs> so like yeah. the cinematography was, you know, kind of very beautiful in, in some aspects, but then, yeah, it just kind of got a little bit too OTT in a way, but. <laughs> okay. So like, I'm really glad you picked up on all of this stuff because there was, so I found out the voice actors. This seems to be our thing. Neil Patrick Harris and Alison Brie for the Western audience yeah. are the people that are coming in to play these two twins. And you're very much, you're watching this. You're completely understanding the story and where everything's kind of going. And and then it comes to the point where they've obviously got two differences of opinions. The brother's going more to the light side and uh, the sister is very much into the dark side. And so they start having this fight, which all, all starts off looking as epic as it can possibly be. <laughs> and then all realms of kind of reality just take a bit of a pause. <laughs> you, you're, you're right. Like there's points where you, they're not wearing anything outside. The space doesn't affect them at all. But I guess they're so strong in the force. I'm guessing that's how that's stopping. Yeah. Um, but then we have a moment which is uh, synonymous with a moment in Star Wars Rebels or so where supposedly it's it's kind of like time travel in a sense there's this thing that can happen in star wars where it's like a mirror world almost where you can jump into different points in time and and things i don't know i've i've seen it in rebels i've never fully explored and looked into it more than that um but it exists and I thought that's what we were kind of getting, where you have a particular scene almost where they're now observing the state of events from almost like a parallel universe or something yeah. like that. They've become a watcher. That's what they've become. <laughs> yeah. um, they've become the watcher. But then at the same time, it's almost like that universe was also in the same universe they were in and then they were fighting again. And it was very hard to... I, I didn't quite... <laughs> didn't quite understand where we jumped to in that instance it was like we're gonna just battle to the end and it's like so i'm showing you how this will work out and it will always lose for you (laughs) they're just having a little chat on the side and then it goes she takes it the sister who doesn't agree with the brother takes it back almost from that moment or not from that moment it's Honestly, you watch it yourselves. If you guys haven't watched it, you watch it and you will sit there for a good perplexed four minutes just going, <laughs> I'm not too sure what is going on right now. Yeah, <laughs> or like, where, we've even, where we've even gone from these two Star Destroyers and now we're just, I don't know where we are. So uh, that was the most baffling part of this episode because it started off really intriguing and I think because of the familiarities with... Um, Star Wars and how similar it was in the sense of the placement of the scenes and where it was all set and what the two lead um, characters were looking like but then it just went it just went to a different world in the sense of the storyline and in their minds so yeah. to speak it just yeah. it just like it lost me so I don't even know really how I felt about it at the end because 
because <laughs> it was just one heap of confusion. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there were points where I wasn't sure if I had eaten shiitake mushrooms or magic mushrooms. You know, <laughs> because I, just, you know, as you said, like about halfway through, all of a sudden, like everything kicks off, and you know, the cri- and also again, like what was quite interesting is throughout the episode they picked up on like you know, the the, the crystals used to like power lightsabers, and those were quite like you know, um, like quite a, a used element throughout, really. Um, you know, from this episode, I mean, in, in the jewel as well, they kind of, you know, the, the samurai kind of takes the crystal out of the blade and, and takes it. And then, you know, here they were kind of like fighting over it as well. And which I thought was kind of interesting. But again, like it becomes like so surreal that you're, it's almost like, like, I don't know, you're not in, entirely sure what's kind of powering everything that if it's the crystal if it's their own jedi abilities and you know yeah. we're getting a sort of like kind of ray character who all of a sudden like the force can do so many other things that you're like what the hell am i watching you know um i mean it was a fun watch in some ways but then other ways i was like there's so many elements at play here and like as you said there's like this kind of surreal parallel universe they're they're inside and you know, they're fighting stormtroopers and then they're outside and they're fighting in space. And you're like, what the hell? I feel almost as if like this would have made for like a maybe if it was longer, you know, like a kind of hour long kind of episode where we had more context to them, more context to this world of Star Wars that we're in. It kind of made, maybe would have made more sense. But I feel like here it was almost like, you know, in 20 minutes they've thrown so many themes at you that it's like. <laughs> you know you're just like your brain is there trying to make sense of it all and trying to connect things like wait a minute but this doesn't work in star wars but now oh, but it's not star wars but then it's this but and you know you're kind of jumping around so much so it's like yeah it was kind of confusing it was it was at, at points you know thrilling but then at points it was also i don't know a little bit unnerving in a way um yeah this one yeah i, I was kind of i enjoyed it but i wasn't i don't know i i think i, I think because you know, they, they kind of relied on the elements at the beginning and then by the end it's like they've kind of gone into like a whole new sort of Star Wars genre. That I was a bit like, um yeah, like weirdly unsatisfied with it in a way, you know? Because I felt that there were so many things that could have been explained or kind of dove into a bit further or something that it, it yeah, that there were just perhaps maybe too, too many elements, you know, at once to kind of like comprehend and like, and because, you know, I mean, with, I think with you, like me, like we, you kind of watch the series pretty much like the whole way through. So you're kind of, you know, having going from the jewel, which was pretty serious and, you know, quite a stoic kind of way of creating the, the animation and black and white, etc. Then to Tatooine Rhapsody, which was like the opposite spectrum of like kid friendly and, you know, happy go lucky and, you know, with some dark elements in it. And, and then to this where it's like, uh, is this because it, it feels almost like the animation style is that kind of. Tatooine Rhapsody kid friendly in a way but then it ends up being quite serious and like I don't know explosive and you know lots of kind of fighting going on that you're like it, you don't know where it sits and yeah I mean I don't know there were, po- there were definitely lots to enjoy but then also kind of it just felt like kind of almost ridiculous <laughs> you know yeah I mean uh, the the sister who goes proper to the dark side she turns pretty much into Dr Octavius at one point <laughs> yeah. and then and then turns into General Grievous like a few seconds after that yeah. um, <laughs> because they've both like she's put this super kyber crystal uh, kyber crystal is what I'm going to call it into her suit which was almost like morphed her into something else, like Iron Man and Doctor Doom. Um, and then he's just put a little fragment into his lightsaber, which has given it enough power to battle against the super kyber crystal. And so you're just kind of... Uh, I think at one, you know, at one point he gets caught by his own ship. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just... And she just goes to a, a level which I don't think she can quite uh, handle... Also, because she's almost ingested uh, this the superpower of the dark side, 
which is too much for one person. It's very much marvelesque, you know. It's like Tony Stark having the all the Infinity Stones at the end, and he's just like, "And I am Iron Man," and she's like, "And I am whoever I am." Uh, <laughs> I haven't got yeah. all five Infinity Stones, but I've got the Super Duper Crybook Crystal. So you better watch out because um, I'm going to be Doctor Octavius and General Grievous wrapped into one um, with a yeah. bit of Kylo Ren. So. Yeah, it was very kind of. And then <laughs> there's that moment also, you know, with us talking about the outside, them being outside. Yeah. He, I think he gets caught by a ship and then he uses the ship to propel him through space. Yeah. And he's like standing on the end of it. And they, it's like they've taken a run up um, <laughs> where his lightsaber turns into like a a rainbow lightsaber, um, so to speak. Uh, And it's so powerful that it could just cut through a whole entire Star Destroyer. So, I mean, it's all great. uh, The visuals and have all this like power, it's absolutely fine. But at the same time, I'm just like, I don't really know what are going on here at all. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it it, it did feel... As I said, like it reminded me kind of of the new Star Wars films where it was like, oh, you know the Force? Like, oh yeah, I know the Force, yeah. Well, here's the Force plus a hundred, you know, or a thousand, you know, and it's like, <laughs> well, they, you know, now they're fighting in space and, you know, like have lightsaber whips and cutting Star Destroyers in half with your, you know, with your lightsaber. It was like, yeah, it felt kind of, yeah, just really OTT, um, which was, I, you know, it was kind of fun in some respects, but, you know, at other points it was almost, yeah, as I said, kind of got a bit ridiculous. Um, that one, I, 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 as I said, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my favourite out of the, a lot of the episodes. I felt that it was very scattergun in the way that, but, you know, I think, but when you compare it to the first two, it was completely different as well. So you kind of have to give it props for that as well. Yeah, you you do. And some of the visuals in it are quite striking and quite amazing to look at, like the finale of pretty much doing the same thing, which actually happened in one of the sequels of that, like like going light speed through another ship. Um, It it just all it all looks very, very nice. So once again, it's another it's a jump from one to the other. So uh, which, you know, it's completely fair. And that's exactly what they're going for. Um, and that takes us to episode four, The Village Bride. Um, so once again, we're going completely to a different story, but again, centering around the kind of Jedi theme, which is very um, present throughout all these nine episodes. This this particular episode is the first one I really like, got a hold of in the sense that, so this is... Uh, Kenemar Citrus is the studio that has presented this particular one. Um, I just felt everything was there that you needed in the sense of story for this particular episode. You you like understood why the characters were doing what the characters doing. You understood the whole presence around it, and I just I very much liked the animation style, and I liked where we sat with this. Now this is once again this is you're on a planet which has a deal with the Empire and they pretty much have to sacrifice one person in place of the chief. The chief, I believe, was the first sacrifice. And now they have uh, this girl who she pretty much gets married and then gets given away the day after her wedding. But to the side of this um, civilization that you have living here, you have this pretty much a Jedi who is living to the side of everything that's going on and she's just observing and she has an old wanderer an old village uh chap who's who i'm guessing is the only person she kind of talks to isn't it yeah so you have this couple newly married couple from this civilization who will have she will have to be sacrificed not her life i don't think just goes away with the empire uh, becomes a prisoner or what or whatever and then you have a Jedi who is wandering about, but will always try and do good. I very much, I just really enjoyed this animation style, and I really enjoyed the characters, and I really enjoyed the story. How how did you feel about this one? This is episode four in Star Wars Visions. Yeah, I mean, I think this one was, it felt kind of, 
a bit more cohesive, as you said, like in terms of the storyline throughout, it, it made kind of more sense and the story flowed in a way where you're like, you know, especially after you know the twins episode that you're like, you, you know, you feel like you've been on another planet. Uh, whereas this is kind of much more back down to reality and, and you have that kind of, yeah, the story that kind of builds over time. And it, it reminded me again, kind of of the first episode where it was a bit more, you know, focusing on that, you know, sort of central kind of Jedi figure. Um, well, not completely focused on them, but, you know, they kind of play into that role. Like it, it's kind of off to the side, but also like, you know, intrinsically part of it. Um, and yeah, again, like it, the animation style as well, kind of, it, it felt like a more familiar anime style in a lot of ways. Um, like the way the characters are drawn, it was n neither kind of leaning towards the more kid-friendly side or the kind of adult side. It was kind of much more in the middle. Um, so I think, you know, it, it, it's something that like a lot more kind of, I don't know, I suppose viewers who haven't kind of, or who have watched much more like mainstream anime, you know, they can get on board with this sort of style and it's much more familiar to them. Um, so yeah, there was like kind of lots of, you know, um, good things to take away from this one. Um, it was, I, I felt that this one was, <laughs> I suppose because of like the first kind of three, like this one felt like a little bit uh, like slower in pace. Um, yes. Yeah, which was kind of good um, because then the story was able to kind of like, you know, build out and it, you know, had a kind of simpler sort of theme in a way. And, and the way that it played out, it was, you know, it was kind of more straightforward really. So, you know, there were lots of good things to take away from it. I mean, like, yeah, some of the animation was kind of, like, gorgeous, really, throughout the episode. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this one, yeah, it was, <laughs> I suppose, yeah, again, kind of surprising as well uh, in the kind of, um, in, in terms of its place in the series, that it's kind of, you know, we've had, like, you know, three episodes which were, you know, fairly kind of, you know, intense and action-packed, whereas this one was just much more kind of, taking its time and laid back. So it was, again, a nice pace change, nice animation change. Um, yeah, and I, I quite enjoyed it, really. I mean, it was, I, I don't think it was my favourite one, but it was, like, one which certainly, like, felt quite, um, like, it fit in with the kind of whole Star Wars, like, mythos, really, you know? It also felt very episodic in the sense this felt like it could easily have been an episode within a series. Mm -hmm. um, like, there's no initial, like you said, it does take things slow. There's no initial rush. And what we've had before is you've had the jewel, which pretty much just sets up and goes straight into this jewel. And you have the twins, which is pretty much identical in the sense that it's just all about this one battle, which takes up three quarters of the episode. Um, and obviously the second one, Tatooine Rhapsody, which is to the, to the side on its own little adventure. But this one is very much, this one felt to me, and obviously my experience of watching anime is not as well-versed as yourself and probably a lot of other people, but it felt to me very like classic style. Um, calmed, slowed everything down and just a very like forest-based world and just all, all yeah. the kind of the animation style of the buildings and everything just felt very stylistic um to that kind of more eastern kind of vibe um that you see or that i have seen in the animes that i've watched so it, it felt very more classic i would say the style for me particular in this particular episode was very more much more of a classic style which i enjoyed and i enjoyed the slow slower pace and it was once again it's jumping from episode to episode you're really going in for such a different thing so you can't really be expecting for the same kind of sense of you know sense of story in action or storytelling or pace or the way things look to be going forward from episode to episode it's really going to take a little leap every single time so it, it's quite an interesting way of doing this with all these particular episodes. This is the longest episode so far, sitting, I think, at 18, 19 minutes. But um, very much enjoyable to kind of, I mean, technically four and a half is your halfway period, but this is kind of the halfway period through, through the first lot of uh, sessions. So it's quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, I, you know, I quite liked as well how they employed the droids as well. Um yeah, that you know, it, it, this episode it felt like it it kind of had that um, a bit of an episode one quality where you have the kind of you know the droid army against like you know more of a natural kind of 
people and setting, um, which is, you know, like kind of one of those kind of great themes that Star Wars explores of like the expansion of empire and getting rid of the natural world in favor for technology and things like that. So this one, I kind of felt that that kind of highlighted and honed in on those uh, themes really. Um, and then, yeah. And it, it, I think, you know, the way it kind of built as well, it, it was, I, I would agree that it was kind of like more episodic as well, especially even, I mean, even watching like kind of the episode um, throughout, it, you know, it has kind of very quite distinct phases that it kind of moves through. Uh, and almost has a set up like a almost like a film in a way that you know you have that kind of yeah. beginning you know kind of setting up of characters and like what like certain goals are and then as it kind of goes on it's like more revealed into you know, the separatists coming and that's what they you know this is what they want and here's how they're going to achieve it and then you know it's the fight back against that really so it felt very much like a star wars film in that in that kind of setup really uh, and the kind of two main characters that you have like you know uh you know i think kind of older sort of um, well, I suppose kind of like you know, Jedi kind of leader and then like the younger kind of disciple really who also like, you know, fights as well and it, it felt kind of similar in those sorts of ways. Um, I've also noticed as well, <laughs> here's a funny little side note, you know, um, what I've kind of realised in like some of these Vision episodes is they really, I mean, <laughs> throughout like the kind of Vision episodes, they, they really enjoy like using the force to hold lightsabers and shots you know <laughs> like kind of yeah. blaster shots but they kind of use that as a real moment of tension to type build and like oh my god it's like holding a shot like whoa like here's the jedi you know and it's you know because like again the twins had that as well where they like try to stun him and then you know he's holding it there and in the duel in the first episode he you know he holds a lightsaber with the force as well so it's yeah. all you know I, I quite like that they, <laughs> i mean they really love that kind of like theme of exploring that um but yeah i mean with this one, yeah, by the end of it, you know, with the kind of standoff between, you know, the, the, the Jedi and, and, you know, the kind of uh, the bandit leader or the separatist leader, um, that was a really cool sort of like, you know, uh, I was going to say Mexican standoff, but just a standoff really. Um, and like a, a really true to sort of samurai end, really, I suppose, like cutting him down and then like being there, you know, kind of like posing afterwards, like, yes, I've done my kind of job, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was good. It was, this was a, a, an enjoyable episode and, and definitely felt like it had a lot of kind of, of those, you know, Star Wars elements that like a lot of people can really know and love and like attach themselves onto. It felt like a genuine kind of Star Wars story in a way, you know? Yeah, it very, it very much did. And the, the fight at the end was very, I kind of liked it because sometimes you get this build up of this particular, my computer's making, I apologize, so many sounds that I'm trying to mute. It's just like left, right, and center, a different application will ping a sound at me. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it's very well done in the sense that I find a lot of the times when you build up, you have this mysterious kind of Jedi character. So you know how powerful they can be. And sometimes when they face off then against whoever the, the bad person is, even if they don't have the force, it still seems to take quite a while as if they're holding back. And I like how this one was just, she was just kind of like, yeah, so I'm just going to deal with this in about 30 seconds or so. Um, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and then yeah. uh, everybody's uh, going to be able to get back to the to their lives but it was very samurai-esque um in the ending as well like you mentioned very samurai-esque which i thought was really cool yeah even down to the lightsaber really you know and yeah that's another thing i've kind of enjoyed as well as how they presented lightsabers in the series as well that this one was like more of a samurai type sword but then in the first episode you had the kind of umbrella you know lightsabers you had the the lightsaber whips and the, the twins one you know i mean it, it's it's they clearly you know use a lot of imagination to reimagine like you know i mean i say use a lot of imagination they just kind of i suppose combined really the star wars elements with those traditional sort of japanese elements in different ways so it's 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 but you know the kind of imagination behind it is fun so yeah you know i mean that, that one was i think you know more satisfying i think you know in terms of being a star wars fan and seeing it kind of done uh, in that way whereas the other ones perhaps you know, as as we said, like they they might appeal more to like anime fans in a way that they kind of they have um, a different, well, I suppose like a a style and kind of energy which is kind of more similar to traditional anime series um, and films. So yeah, it, 
you know, in terms of like, you know, the, for the first set four episodes, I mean, they really varied <laughs> in terms of what we were getting. Uh, you know, and as we've said, like some we enjoyed much more and some were a little bit more um, fusing or like all over the place, really. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it really, I think, it, you know, I think for a series like this, it really depends on the viewer and like how accustomed they are to like anime and Star Wars storylines and, and really what what they prefer, you know, um, yeah. it's quite subjective, really. And also one final note, the ship that the well the separatists or, or bounty hunter people are using is pretty is a version of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Which I picked up on, which uh, was was a, another cool uh, little inclusion there. But yeah, I mean very much so. You had the elements also of the prequels with the the droids, the droid army. Um so you know very very kind of Star Wars-esque in a, a bunch of elements with this particular one and a lot of Star Wars links almost. So, But we had obviously another, and just as you pointed out, there's another holding a, a laser, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> From yeah. the pistol just before he tries to execute um, the bride, the main sacrifice's sister. Good old yeah. force is coming in again. So it's a pretty good, solid place to be at halfway point. Um, we're going to come back and do the other five episodes at some particular point. It might be one episode, it might be two. We'll just see how it all goes. Um, but we, I, I say we're kind of enjoying ourselves so far, wouldn't you yeah. say, halfway? Yeah, I would, I would say it's, you know, certainly, uh, I mean, we were like, you know, there was so much like kind of hype around it. And also, you know, seeing the trailer, it was, we were both quite excited for it. And, you know, I, I don't think it's like, I mean, by no means is, you know, I mean, any way of a disappointment, like these are all very like fun kind of takes on the whole Star Wars uh, universe. And, and and especially, I mean, it really, in a lot of ways, it's very separate. I mean, I think, you know, really the twins is like the one which is, I suppose, like most, like closest, I suppose, to the Star Wars characters and settings that we know. Um, and then that one also, but then it takes a completely it's a surreal turn. Um, so I, I, I like the fact that we got a lot of original story as well, you know, uh, kind of mixed in with like the, the Japanese sort of um, culture and tradition uh, of samurais and and that samurai against, you know, the bandits or, or whatnot and saving the villagers and, you know, being the kind of hero of it, which is, you know, as we said, it's where the Jedi's come from. So, yeah, it, it feels like there's a lot like a lot to enjoy throughout, like, you know, each of the each of the episodes, really. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Join us back um, for the next deep dive into Star Wars Visions uh, as we continue our quest onto a very Star Wars end of the year. We've got a Star Wars Lego Halloween special and we've got the Book of Boba Fett, which I think is the next big series. So exciting times. Yeah.